Okay, so Mitzvah Shem, we're going to continue with Chavis HaTalmidim. We were discussing last week, or the past, I think, two or three weeks already, discussing the Eze Eitzis, Les Ala, Les Sakhanes Atzmacha Bahan. The Rebbe is now giving us Eitzis, how we can, uh, we can make sure that we become elevated, better, bigger, people that are living with more consciousness of their Rabbanu Shalom. Up until now, again, we've been discussing the Surmei Ra. In the first eight prakim, we're discussing different aspects of Midas Royce and how to get rid of them and how to conquer them, how to make sure that they're not getting in the way of our Avoidah. And now in the ninth parak, he began to talk about even if a person has gotten rid of them, even if a person doesn't have those Midas Royce, a person is not dealing with the challenges of laziness and lethargy and, and, uh, and gaiva and all the, all the issues that we've spoken about. Nevertheless, the person still needs to work on the Asetoy. The person could say, okay, I have nothing bad, but I still need to work on the Asetoy. I still need to ensure. And I'm working on myself constantly. I'm constantly trying and striving to become bigger and better. That's what he's talking about in the ninth parak. And he began with talking about the Indian of Limit Torah, how we can attach our Limit Torah to the Rabbanu Shalom, ensuring that we're not just going through the motions of learning. Again, if we've gotten over the laziness and we're actually doing the learning, that's not enough. But a person needs to ensure that the learning is attached to the Rabbanu Shalom. And as he explained to us, that's why many people will find themselves you know, learning and finding themselves that in other areas they're not changing because the learning is separate and, and uh, you know, detached from the Rabbani Shalom. And he said, you know, that's why you can find people that will be sitting and learning for 30, 40 years and then we'll go off to Derech because there's no, the learning wasn't Teres Hashem. I mean, it wasn't Tumima, Meshivas Nafesh. It was Torah, but it wasn't Teres Hashem. That was the first aspect. And the second aspect he, he started talking about maybe three weeks ago is the Indian of a person needs to wake up their Neshama. He explained to us that waking up the Neshama is not like waking up the Guf. To wake up the body, most of us, you wake us up once, twice, you have an alarm clock two, three times, and once you're up, you're up. With the neshama, it's an avoid of constant waking itself up. The neshama can't just be woken up once in the morning and a person wakes up, washes negavas, or says ani, and then you're awake for the rest of the day, that's your guf. When it comes to your neshama, a person needs to work on themselves constantly to ensure that the neshama's, wake, the neshama's awake. And a person needs to, he said, work on himself, talk to himself, constantly work on all these avoidas, are all avoidas again and again and again throughout the day to ensure that the neshama is awake, that the neshama is living and breathing a life of chiyas. Right? The Chedush very famously says that the Indian of Ayaka Melech Chadash Al-Matzrayim, Yosef, the beginning of the parish of Ayaka Melech Chadash, the Chedush writes that the only way it was possible for there to be a Melech Chadash, for there to be a new Melech, Especially according to the Pshana Rashi, that it wasn't actually a new melech. It was rather it was that it was the same melech that was there before. He just had a chiddush and he made believe he didn't know Yosef at Tzadik and he got new gzeris. Chadushim writes that the only way it was possible for there to be a new melech when it came to Mitzrayim was only because Klal Yisrael started losing their sense of ischadshus. The avoid of a yid is to be living in a state of constant ischadshus. The neshama is in a state of constant growth, constantly moving, constantly growing. As soon as we lose that ischadshus. Even if we're doing everything right, but we lose that sense of, of newness, that sense of excitement, that sense of the neshama being awake and on fire and invigorated to serve the Rabbani Shalom, the male, that idea of eschatshus gets taken by the Goyim, and it's possible to have a yakim al-chadash, it's possible to have eschatshus by the Goyim, because if we don't use the kayak properly, then it gets taken by the Umas Shalom. And that's why he says, the first mitzvah that Kalah Yisrael got, when we went out of Mitzrayim, was a chaydash hazelachem reish chadashim. The whole idea of a chaydash hazelachem reish chadashim is that this concept of schadshus, concept of reish is that you renew yourself. The moon renews itself, Kal Yisrael renews itself, that there's a constant avoid of up and down, up and down, picking ourselves up and constant schadshus, figuring out that we're not like the sun, we don't just go constantly. It's not like, okay, we're awake for the day and therefore we're going to go constantly. The avoid of the neshama is that a person needs to work on themselves, to awaken themselves at every single moment. It's the avoid of constant eschadshus. And he explained to us last time, maybe two times ago, that the, when it comes to the avoid of Torah, obviously we need to include the Rabbanu Shalom in it. When it comes to the avoid of Tefillah, we need to make sure that we're davening in a way which the ikker part of the davening is about the relationship to Hashem. Right? He said that, that it's, it's an it's a immature 
and childish way to look at tefillah, to think that the purpose of tefillah is to get that which we need. That's not the purpose of davening. The purpose of davening is not that I have certain needs. I want to make the needs. I want to have, make sure that my needs are met, that I, every, I get everything that I need fulfilled, and therefore I use tefillah as the vehicle to get my needs fulfilled. That's a very childish way of looking at tefillah. The point of tefillah is, like Leia called Naftali, Naftuli, Naftuli means a lashon of becoming close. The point of tefillah is to create a relationship with Hashem. And all the lack and all that we need in our lives is only there in order to ensure that we go back to the one Hashem. We talk to Him, we recognize His power, we recognize His ability to give us everything, we recognize His love for us, we recognize the Ashkach and everything. And Memela tefillah now becomes something which is about creating the relationship as opposed to getting that which I need. That's what He explained to us last time. It's very crucial that we understand that that's the purpose of tefillah. And He said it's easier and it's much more, much more, uh, much more conducive to try to obviously begin with that which we need because that's, that's the way that we can become emotional and, and, and invested into davening is when we focus on the areas that we do need. A person needs parnasa, a person needs rufu, a person needs das, a person needs shaduchim, a person needs, you know, chinuch, uh, that their children should be good. Start with those areas and focus on those areas and recognize in those areas that their one in charge of that area completely. And by you turning to him, he has the ability to help you and he will help you and he wants to help you and he could help you. And then once you do that and you start recognizing the greatness of Hashem, then you allow it to spill over to all other areas of your davening. Then every part of your davening is invigorated. Those are, those are again, those are tools, those are an ends to the, those are means to an end to get to the purpose of connection and feel. So a person's lacking something, you're missing something, you use davening, but you recognize that this is just the means to an end. This is just in order to get me involved in the process called davening. So that way, in every part of my davening, I'm invigorated and I'm excited about the davening and I recognize that I'm creating a relationship with the Rabbani Shalom through the davening, right? And I'll just read over the words that we, uh, I think we said this, this paragraph last time, but uh, this, is, this, is, this is where he just ends off this part. He says, Not only when you're davening for that which you need. Now that you've awakened your neshama, now that you utilized your neshama and, and got it awake in davening through that which you need, now when you're talking about things which are spiritual, things which are not negated to you, things which you don't need, right? as we said last time, the whole psukah Zimmer is not talking about things that you need, right? Mizmer Sheikh Hanukkah Savai Sadavad is not anything that you need. But even because you daven to the Rabbanisham when you needed things, the male you allow it to spill over even to the ears that are talking about the Rabbanisham and praising Hashem. Yeah, has nothing to do with anything, nothing to do with you, nothing to do with anything that you need. It's all about the Rabbanisham. It's totally focused on the greatness of the Rabbanisham. So if you focus and if you think that davening is for me to fulfill my needs, so Atakadish is a very dry bracha. There's nothing in it for me. What do I get out of Atakadash? I don't get anything. Hashem is holy. Okay, what does that do for me? Doesn't give me any more money. Doesn't give me any more. Doesn't give me any more nachas. Doesn't give me shaduchim. Doesn't give me anything. What does atakadosh do? But if I recognize it through atachaynein, through recognizing that I need the rabbanu for atachaynein, memela, I recognize the greatness of Hashem. So memela atakadosh also becomes something. Right? Tispal ukishetayim el Hashem atakadosh shimcha kadosh tispal nafshecha v'targish eichlo emedes of name akara kedusha. You slowly start realizing atakadosh. After referring to the Rabbani Shalom in first person, I'll talk about this a little bit later, that many of the tefillahs and every bracha that we begin with refers to Hashem in first person, Atta Kaddish, and you recognize what Kaddish means, you recognize the holiness of the Rabbani Shalom, you recognize how apart the Rabbani Shalom is from this world, and how at the same time, we're able to stand before the Rabbani Shalom, so you have, you have a tremendous espailas from that, tremendous eslavas. Now I'm praising the Rabbani Shalom, not to gain anything, I'm praising the Rabbani Shalom because I recognize through Atta through Rufa'enu, through Baruch Eleinu, the greatness of Hashem, 
And then I recognize how amazing it is that the Rabbanu Shem allows me to stand before him and to talk to him in first person. The Rabbanu Shem allows me to have a conversation with him. And the Rabbanu Shem desires a relationship with him. That's the avoid that you awaken yourself through that which you need, but the purpose of that is to then vital then vitalize every, every part of your davening to make sure that your whole davening is a, a, a davening of relationship, of connection, of praising the Rabbani Shalom, right? When it, when it comes to, you know, again, we, I think we mentioned this, you know, Masha last time, when it comes to, you know, husband and wife, right? So there's conversations with a husband, a husband has with a wife and a wife has with a husband, which is for the purpose of getting something out of the conversation, right? There's conversations which have a point in the conversation, and then there's conversations which have no point, uh, they're just to create the relationship, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to your wife if you share your day with her. Right? There's nothing she's going to do about the fact that you just shared what happened to you throughout the day. Right? What, what took place in work. There's nothing that she can do about it. Right? You're not asking her to come to your work the next day and to help you fix all the problems. But sharing your day with your wife or your wife sharing her day with you allows you to create a relationship. So it's not a conversation of there's a purpose in the relationship. It's a conversation of, it's a conversation of creating a relationship. When it comes to praising, it's the same thing. When you praise somebody, right? so if you're praising somebody because you want to get something out of it, Right, it's not really about creating a relationship, right? If you tell your wife, wow, the, the, the supper was delicious. I love the supper. I'm so happy that you made me the supper. It was delicious and nutritious and it tasted good and it was presented beautifully. By the way, I wanted to go with my friends for like two, three days next week. Is that okay? So obviously the praise doesn't mean anything because the praise is only there in order for you to get something out of it, not to really actually praise the person. And it's the same thing with the Rabbani Shem. Psukh of Azimra is not, okay, I do Psukh of Azimra and now I can come to Shemana Asra and now I say, Rabbani Shem, I, I, like, I gave you enough praise. I did enough chanifa, I told you you're amazing and you're great and you're the best in the world. Now, let's talk tachlas. Now, you know, here's this, this and this and this is what I need. Can you help me out with all my needs? The purpose of Pesuk of Azimra is Pesuk of Azimra itself. It's just in order to praise the Rabbani Shalom, in order to talk about the greatness of Hashem, just in order for me to be able to create a relationship with Him and for Him to be able to create a relationship with me. And that's the purpose. It, it, has, a, it, has, a, it has a purpose to itself, not for the sake of getting to Shemana Esrei, but the sake of praising itself. On the contrary, what he's telling us is that Shemana Esrei is meant to get us to Pesuk of Azimra. When we do a Shemana Esra and we ask Him for that which we need, then it allows us to recognize how great Pesuk of Azimra is. When we recognize how great Hashem is and how much He's involved in every aspect of our life, then we're able to go back to Pesuk of Azimra and then we can daven Pesuk of Azimra properly. We say, Then we can daven and praise and, and recognize the greatness of Hashem and that's able to make all aspects of our davening proper. That's, that's how we, uh, that, that's, uh, I think, what we ended with last time. And then he continues, he says, We're not only talking about davening within the confines of a tefillah, which has a makam and a zman, shachras mincha ma'erv. Throughout the day, a person should be able to find himself a little bit of free time, which is not very hard to do. The more a person utilizes personal conversation with the Rabbani Shlalom, the more his nefesh becomes alive, the more his neshama becomes alive. Right? This is not something which is, which is you know, limited to the world of hispoididus, you know, the way we think of it as something which is breast love. This is something which is found all the way back in the Rishayim, is something found there. Amchal talks about this, Chavetz Chaim talks about this at length, Klayakar talks about this, the Shla talks about this, all the Svarim HaKadoshim talk about this. This concept of even after the Anshay Knesset Gedolev instituted a specific tefillah, which is called Shachris, which has a time, when you daven, how you daven, what words you say, there's a mincha, there's a mayrav, nevertheless, to not, to not forget about what came before the Anshay Knesset and to utilize the aspect of personal conversation with Hashem. If my davening, if my conversation, if my relationship to Hashem is limited to Shachris Mincha and Mayrav, the hour and a half of the day that I'm actually involved in that which I need to do, so my relationship with Him is very, it, it, it's, 
very confined and it's very bit symptom and it's very limited to the words that Anshik and have to say, have told me to say. When I'm able to utilize personal conversation with Hashem, to talk to Hashem in my own words, to tell him that which I need, what I'm doing is I'm creating a real relationship with him. Now I'm involving him in every aspect of my life. The more I ask him for little individual, small details of my life, the more I recognize that he's involved in every aspect of my life. And that allows my neshama to be awake the whole day. If my neshama could only be involved in the process of avodah when I'm involved in shachas mincha mayriv, so then every day when I, when I come to mincha, it's a whole avodah to wake myself back up. And I come to mayriv and, you know, between mincha and mayriv, I was involved in 10,000 other things. And now I have to reawaken my neshama to reawaken, you know, the, the concept of having a relationship with Hashem and talking to Hashem. If in between mincha and mayriv, I was talking to Hashem constantly. If in between Shachas and Mincha, I was involving Hashem in my life constantly, so my Neshama is now awake. My Neshama is on fire the whole day. It's not limited to when I'm in the confines of the shul, I'm in the confines of Bismedrash, when I'm learning or davening. My relationship with Hashem is throughout the day. And Mimela, it's not like, okay, it's a whole new process of getting involved in starting the, starting the conversation again. We, we've been in talking the whole day. We've been in conversation the whole day. Again, back, you know, back to the mush of a husband and wife. If the husband and wife you know, see each other in the morning and they don't see each other till night, so then at night, it's like a whole process of like, okay, we haven't seen each other in the past 12, 14 hours. Now let's, you know, go ahead and try to, you know, create that relationship again. Let's try to, you know, throw things out. Let's try to, you know, cool things, um, warm things up a little bit and get involved in the relationship. But if there's a conversation taking place constantly, if there's, if there's dialogue between them throughout the day, so even if it's not the ultimate dialogue where they're sitting and focused and having a conversation, but when they do sit down to the conversation, they're able to get right back into the swing of things because there was no, there was no lapse in their relationship. There's no lapse in the conversation. It was happening throughout the day, which is not in, not in the very you know, focused, focused way of tefillah, not in the focused way of having a one-on-one conversation relationship, which is you know, there's nothing else there that's distracting, but when you get back into that conversation, it goes right away because we, we were here the whole time, right? A person who's dating, right? So if you date and you know, they always, Moshe Khan will tell you that, that you know, having a big gap in between dates is not a healthy thing because you know, the husband and wife, hopefully, the relationship is deep enough that you can go without talking to your wife for a day or two you know, if, you know, if a person's on vacation or something like that, and you won't have to like re-get into the relationship. Hopefully you and your wife are in each other's minds and you'll be able to, you know, get back into it right away. You'll be, you were in it the whole time, even if you didn't have that actual conversation. When it comes to dating, for example, a person doesn't have a relationship. So you go with a girl on Sunday, you don't go out with her until Thursday. It's like a whole avoid again of getting back into like knowing the person and becoming comfortable with them. And the first like half hour is still awkward and conversation is not flowing because yeah, we have to get back into it and remind ourselves about you know, the things, uh, things that we spoke about last time, it's a whole avoida, but if you're involved in conversation, if you're involved in a relationship from Sunday to Thursday, like for example, the husband and wife, then it's, it's not an avoida, it's not a, it's not a re, relearning of the other person, it's an avoida which happens constantly. And therefore he says, shachos minchan mariv is not enough. If you want to awaken your neshama, it's not going to happen three times a day. If you want to awaken your neshama, if you want to make sure that your neshama is awake and alive, and your neshama is involved in a constant relationship with Hashem, you need to involve Hashem and you need to talk to Hashem constantly. The more you do it, the more, you're, the more you involve Hashem in your life, the more you recognize that Hashem is involved in your life, and the more you're able to create a real, genuine relationship with Hashem. Right? He says, The recognition that Hashem is filling the whole world, that it's not... The Rosh Hashem is not limited to Dalat Amas. The Rosh Hashem is not limited to the four walls. The Rosh Hashem is not limited to a specific place. The Rosh Hashem is everywhere. And therefore, if I find myself driving from place point A to point B, if I find myself walking into a store, if I find myself walking into a meeting, if I'm going to pick up my kids from Ghan, wherever, whatever I'm doing throughout the day, the Rosh Hashem is right there with me. The Rosh Hashem is Imo The Rosh is wherever I am, good or not good, the Rosh Hashem is there with me. When I recognize that and I talk to him as if he's standing opposite me constantly, not only when I'm involved in Shemana Esrei, then automatically my Neshama is awake the whole day. My Neshama is invigorated. 
integrated. My Hashem is involved in a relationship with Hashem throughout the day, at every moment of the day, I am having a relationship with Hashem. And that means that my Hashem doesn't need a thought self off every time I come to Hashem. It, it, it's already involved in the process of relationship. It's involved in talking to the Rabbi Hashem throughout the day. Right, the, the, the Chavetz Chaim writes that, no, I'm gonna, it's Lushen, it's a beautiful Lushen. It's Chavetz Chaim in the Sefer Shem Oilam, one of the Sefer Svarim of the Chavetz Chaim. He says, he says, What the Yetzirah does is the Yetzirah gets a person so busy in between Shachas, Mincha, and Mayriv that you forget in between Shachas, Mincha, and Mayriv what the purpose of the world is. You forget why I came down to this world. And then you come back to a Mincha and you remind yourself again, wow, there's a relationship, there's a God in the world. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here because I want to connect to him. I'm here because I want to make a dear him. You start recognizing again what the purpose of the world is. But the Yetzirah, what the Yetzirah tries to do is that in between the Shachas, Mincha, and Mayriv, he makes you forget everything. It makes you so busy that you don't have the ability to get to, to do anything. This is from the Chavetz Chaim, not a breast lover. There is no Eitzah. Person needs to set aside time every day. At least once a week. And again, the Chavetz Chaim is telling us, not once a day, once a week, he's telling us to be involved in constant conversation. The Chavetz Chaim over here is talking about a specific, unique time that you do it, that you have this, you know, Kaviachal date night with the Rabbani Shalalam, either once a week or every day. To sit alone in your cheder. And to just clean your head out, clean your mind out from all of the, all of the running that your brain is doing. Think, think about, you know, what's the tachlis? What am I here for? What am I, what am I trying to do? How, how can I make sure that my relationship with Hashem is real and alive and it's something which is with me constantly? How, how I can fix myself? Don't look at all the people around you that are involved in a constant rat race of rushing without ever stopping to think. It's unbelievable words. A person needs to know. For sure, your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, your siblings, for sure they love you. There's nobody that loves you in the world more than your close friends and family. Right? They're, they're Oyevav until you come to the gate of the city and then Malavi you. There's going to come a time in your life when you're going to be left alone, when all of your friends and family and all the people that love you are not going to be there anymore. And it's just going to be you. And the Rabbanu Shalom, Veniska Hashem Lavade, Veivaser Yaakov Lavade. It's going to be you and the Rabbanu Shalom. All the people that love you and care for you and want the best things in the world for you are not going to be there anymore. And then it's just going to be you and the Rabbanu Shalom. And therefore, the Chavetz Chaim says, make sure that in this world, before you get to that state where it's just you and the Rabbanu Shalom, make sure that even though you're involved and there's so many people involved in your life and there's so much going on in your life that you take the time out of your day, you take the time out of your week to be able to create a relationship with Hashem. So when you get to that place where it's just you and Hashem. You actually have already created a relationship. It's not something new. You're not like, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. It's the first time I'm meeting you. You're involved in a relationship throughout the 120 years that you're here. Make sure you recognize who loves you more than anybody else in the world, more than all of your friends and family and spouses and children and, and siblings. Who loves you more? There's the Who's the only one that's going to be there for you and nobody else is there? The Rabbanishlam. And therefore, Zaktach of time, work every day and every moment, work on creating and ensuring that that relationship with the Rabbanishlam is alive and well and kicking and it's something which is happening happening. Constantly. And that's the avoid that the Chavis Talmud and Piyatess is telling us. If we want our Neshama to be awake, it doesn't work. We're just waking ourselves up three times a day. We need to be involved in a constant dialogue, a constant, rela- constant relationship, and constant conversation with the Rabbanishlam. Even though you don't see him, 
You need to believe and you need to recognize that at every moment of your day you are close and, and, and directly, directly, directly connected to the Rabbanishlam. It's not enough at one time throughout the day to think everywhere. The more you go over it again and again and again, the more you recognize, the more you focus on, the more you chazer over in your head, there is no place that's void of the Rabbanish Shalalab. The Rabbanish fills the whole world. He's Mamali Kal Alman, he's Sayyid Kal Alman. The Rabbanish is everywhere. He's with me in everything that I go. The Rabbanish goes down with us in Mitzrayim. The Rabbanish comes up with us in Mitzrayim. The Rabbanish is with us at every moment of the day. The more we chazer that over again and again and again, the more we start to recognize, the more we start to be in conversation with him constantly. If we think that the Rav is limited to the four walls, the Rav is limited to when I'm standing with a Siddur or a Gemara in front of me or a Shulchan Aruch in front of me, then my relationship with him is very, very limited. It's limited to when I'm actually sitting and talking to him. But if I recognize that the Rav is with me at every moment of the day, the Rav doesn't leave me for a split second, I can't be alone in this world for a second, then I recognize the Rav is with me, I'm a Mela, I start having a relationship and a dialogue with him that goes beyond the walls of the four walls of the base Medrash. Like we said over before, the Baal Shem Tev said that The Gemara tells us that since, since the Beis HaMikdash has been destroyed, the Rav only has Dalar HaMashal Lacha Bavad, the Rav is no longer, the Shekhin is not Shriya in the Beis HaMikdash, in the Makam HaMikdash, I heard over from the Baal Shem Tev, I, I've never seen this inside, but the Baal Shem Tev said that, that it's not the reality. The reality is not that the Rav only is only his shechin is only shuri and dalar amas b'ashalalacha b'avad. Rav is everywhere. Nothing changed between Galus and Geula except our perception of reality. There is no difference between Galus and Geula. They're, they're, they're the same thing, right? We spoke out from this Vasemis last week. When a person lives with the clarity that the Rav is with him everywhere, so there is no Galus. Right? So says, Bikish Yaakov, the Galus is Akates. Yaakov wanted to reveal that the Rav is with us, and the only reason why I was held back is because then there's no Galus. The whole idea of Golas is not that, okay, do you have a base of Mikdash or not have a base of Mikdash? The difference in Golas and Geula is how much do you believe and how much do you recognize that the Rav is living with, you, living with you at every second. When you do that, when you realize that the Rav is with me at every moment of the day, then I'm living in a state of Geula. It doesn't make a difference whether there is a base of Mikdash, whether there's no base of Mikdash, whether there's wars and sicknesses. None of that matters. I'm living with the Rav with the clarity that the Rav is with me at every single second. I'm a Mela, I'm involved in a constant relationship with Hashem. Golas means that I think, I can only connect to Hashem when I walk into shul. I can only connect to Hashem when I'm davening. I can only connect to Hashem when I'm learning. I can only connect to Hashem when I'm involved in an active process of doing something to connect Him. Not recognize that the Rav is with me in every single moment of the day. The Rav doesn't leave me for a split second. Right? There was somebody who, uh, somebody who wrote a letter to Lubavitcher Rebbe. He had, a grand, he had a grandson, an eight or nine year old grandson who was going on a, a flight from I think it was from England to America, if I remember correctly. He's going from England to America by himself. Right? It's a concept called a, an unaccompanied minor. You get somebody, a, a steward, or somebody in the plane, or companies who I think they still do this, right? I think so. You get somebody even after 9-11. I think it's still, uh, I think, I think it's still a thing. But you get somebody who accompanies you on the plane. The steward will take you on the plane. They'll make sure that somebody will walk through with you from the airline, walk through with you, make sure get through passport control, get you on the plane, and be able to get you to make sure to, uh, to get you to the proper place if you're under, uh, under age. So this Yid's grandson, Slavavich Chassid's grandson, was going as an uh, unaccompanied minor, I think it's from England to America. And then he was a little bit nervous about his grandson. So what does he do? He writes a letter to the Rebbe. He wrote to the Rebbe, listen, you know, my, my grandchild is flying from place to place, from England to America, and he's an un- unaccompanied minor. Is it possible to just, you know, to have him in mind, to give him a bracha, that everything should go well, that he should be fine, even though it's, you know, across the, across the ocean, 
he should be fine and he should be taken care of and should be safe. So the Rebbe, what the Rebbe would do very often is the Rebbe would write, send back letters and instead of, you see like Rebbe Chaim Kaniyah so like when he writes back letters, like he doesn't write like a whole long arichas and write a letter, he'll, you know, he'll just write one thing. It's very funny, they have a, they have a sefer, they have a sefer of the names, the name, Rebbe Chaim the whole thing on names. Rebbe Chaim is like a big, uh, he's very, very into names. So sometimes people ask him about different names, so instead of writing back, like the names should be this, or this, he'll just like cross out a letter or circle a letter or just like, you know, put one more letter, one extra letter, just change the hay into a vote, just change letters around in order to make sure that you got what the point is instead of writing back all the arichas. Babat Rebbe used to do the same thing also very often. Instead of writing back a letter, he would sometimes send back the same letter that you sent him, just with a little haga, a little aura, something that changed the letter a little bit, and that you would be able to chap from what he changed, what the answer was. So he sent back the letter to this person, the whole letter, it said, you know, hi, my grandson's an unaccompanied minor, going, you know, going from England to America, if you can give him a bracha. And he just, the Rebbe just crossed out the word un and unaccompanied, just wrote that un and wrote accompanied, and just made a little thing and wrote by Hashem, and sent back the letter. Is that, that's it. That's it. You need to know. You can't be an unaccompanied minor. You can't be an unaccompanied Jew. There's no such thing as a Jew traveling alone, right? Somebody else once, uh, once also came to the Rebbe and said, like, the Rebbe said, Nua, are you, are you here with your wife and your family? She so said, No, I'm here alone. So you can't be here alone. So such a thing as a yid being alone. And when you recognize that and you really live with the reality, and the PSS is saying it doesn't happen in a, in, in a moment. It doesn't happen by going to one Chayvis al and Shabbatachin once a week, and then I'm like, okay, I have the clarity. It's again and again and again and again, drilling it into our heads that Ain Oyd Mavadeh, less Aser Panaminei, the Rabbanishim is with me at every single second of the day. There is no place void of the Rabbanishim. The Rabbanishim is with me. The Rabbanishim cares about me. The Rabbanishim is interested in having a relationship with me. When I really drill that into my head, then I start really making sure that my Nisham is awake constantly. It's not once a week and it's not once a day. It's not okay, I come to Shabbos and now I have to read awaken when Hashem is involved in a process of relationship with Hashem throughout the day throughout the week and that's our avoidance not just when I'm involved in but constantly throughout the day to involve Hashem in everything we do to involve Hashem in everything we do to talk about Him to, to have Him be part of the conversation like Chazal said about Yosef HaTzadik constantly constantly talking I was just listening to a recording from uh, my brother by Zucker in Eretz Yisrael she's talking to uh, you know He's a Rebbe in Aish now. He's a Rebbe to Balei Tshuva. And he told him, he was saying over to one of the boys in the shir, so about this concept of involving Hashem in your life. And he said over to one of the boys, he says like, the guy's name is Josh. I don't remember what his name is. He says, Josh, what do I always tell you? When I ask you how you're doing, what are you supposed to answer? Baruch Hashem. Right? Like he drilled it into these Balei Tshuva. That always, right away, as soon as he asked them how things are going, right away they should answer Baruch Hashem. And he said, why do I do that? And the boy answered back, you know, this, this, this Baal Tshuva answered back. He said, because it's important for us to remember that Hashem is involved in every aspect of our life. Right? The Baal Shem Tov used to do this. He used to go around asking people, how are things doing? How's your family? How's it? Just to hear, Yitz, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. The Nachas Ruach that it brings to the Rabbi Hashem, that we're involving Him in every aspect of our day. And that's our avoid. It's just, it doesn't happen easily. It doesn't happen once. It doesn't happen, in one, it doesn't happen once a week. It doesn't happen once a year. It needs to be a constant process. Constant process of awaking our Neshama. Neshama doesn't get, doesn't, get, doesn't get woken up and just stay awake. It needs to be reawakened with this at every single moment. To really waken up our neshama, to really be able to create a real, vital, excited, exciting relationship with the Rabbanu Shalom throughout every, everything we go through.